0: nudity parental discretion advised (laughs) uh domestic violence (laughs) and uh cussing don't try this
1: almost a decade ago my good friend vince came to me with an idea for a documentary film at the time i had no idea how profound an impact it would have on me
2: Die sooner or
1: later? Anyway, no. It changed my ideology on faith, redemption, and forgiveness.
0: I miss my homies as dead. It's, it's, it's no doubt about that. But I'm more concerned with the ones that are living. Gang banging is not a lifestyle. It's
3: a death style. What would you tell the kids out here today that are trying to get involved with gangs? I tell them don't, don't get involved. In the gangs
0: because look at me you know i've been in a wheelchair since i was 19 it's out here full fledged, you know what i'm saying that's what you it's like you ain't no gang banger you ain't nothing these days
2: you ain't affiliated or something you know what i'm saying
1: i don't want to mislead you vince nor i claim to be any of the g's in gang life to god's life Their stories are real and raw, as you'll see over the next six episodes. It's been nearly 10 years since Vince and I have had the privilege to sit with some true examples of forgiveness. I'm Keith Fort. Welcome to the G2G podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the introductory, the first ever G2G podcast. I'm here with my brother, Vince.
3: What's up, you guys? How you guys doing out there? God is good. Keith, man, I just want to tell you, thank you so much for uh, letting me be part of this documentary, man.
1: Well, thank you for coming up with the idea and and, and bringing it to me because it's it's really uh, some important information people need to need to hear.
3: Yeah, man. Absolutely. God is good. God is good. And also, Keith, um, when did you say the documentary might want to release?
1: Either the middle or the third week of November. So it's coming up really soon.
3: It's really, truly an amazing documentary, man. I, I saw it the other day, Keith, and all I could just say is, wow, like I am so proud of you, man. You did a great, great job in editing and putting it together.
1: Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. First thing, I want to thank the listeners. I want to thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you when you hope the stories that uh, will move you the way they did both of us. So please take a second and hit the subscribe button. It lets us help you know when the next episode is coming out. Since it's a six-part series, we want to make sure that you get the information when it comes out. It's going to run linearly, so I want to make sure that you guys get that information. Uh, a little bit about myself. I'm a, basically I'm a generalist. I was raised very religiously. I was Jehovah's Witness, uh, giving talks in the King Hall from about seven years old, six or seven years old. At about twelve I started to uh, question things and nineteen I went on my little journey, a spiritual journey and you know, fast forward 15 years to 1999, I met this guy, I met Vince.
3: <laughs> That's right. Hey, you know, Keith, I was actually raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school, and I was even a altar boy. And But my grandmother, you know, she's Baptist, and she always wanted us to be in a Baptist church. So I actually wasn't really raised... In, in my teenage and late teenage, teenage years, uh, I wasn't very religious at all. But now that I, I've seen this documentary and we did these interviews with these amazing, amazing stories, I'm not going to even call them stories, Keith. I'm just going to call them testimonials. It's really uh, Faith of a Mustard Seed has really changed my life. It's,
1: it's amazing. You know what? I knew we had something special.
3: What is that, brother? How old were you when you first started, you know, gangbanging it? 13. So you were 13 years old when you first started gangbanging banging. It. So how when you first started selling drugs? Both at the
2: same time and came. All at once, right then and there. This is what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do it. At 13 years old? At 13 years
3: old. Wow, at 13 years old, this guy started game-making and He's selling, selling drugs. drugs. Can you imagine that?
1: You know Vince, I
3: can't imagine, I
1: can't even fathom it, but you know what really shocked me with the similarities in their ages when they started?
3: Around the same age, huh? Well I got introduced to um, the street life and, um Learning how to survive around 14, um, I just I started
0: smoking weed at 15 and drinking and stuff like that. At the age of 14, I was involved in murder beef. I started when I was 13 years old. It was about 12, 13, when I really started. That's when homies really started getting killed. I was
2: about 16 years old. 16. 16. 13. I was about 13. 13. Eighth grade. 11, 12 years old. From 12 years old, I'm probably all the way up to. 30, I was just running up. I was around like 9, 10 years old. Like really I began doing time at 9 and then like 12 I was already, you know, getting in trouble and by the time 16 I was already into the 30.
3: Can you imagine that? 16 years old and you're already going to youth authority. (laughs) No, I can't.
1: I was playing basketball. I was in choir, uh, giving giving talks to the Kingdom Hall. No, I can't imagine. I can't imagine going to jail now, let alone being 16
3: years old. Right. And going to jail, speaking of that, this next clip kind of is flip. And wow, listen to this story.
1: I really was little. I barely
0: could even, I'm like this up under the seat trying to up under the seat. So when I see the police, my first reaction from my homeboy scream was, oh, they got it. They got the guns on it. And I just flew across the street not knowing if it was red or green light. <laughs> so the chase was on. But really, I wasn't running from them. I was just scared and didn't know how to get off the gas now. And I, I had to hit about like 30, 40 cars, man. Yeah. Turned over in the truck and everything. Boom, 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 boom. You know, we had to crack out the front window to break up off the car. And as we running days, you know, the police tackled us, took us to Los Padrinos. We was probably some of the youngest kids that had ever been in Los Padrinos at that time. It's, it's, it's the juvenile hall system they got for for this, for, um, you know, for all the kids, you know, that, that, that that's juvenile that go to jail around these facilities. I call
2: it Watson facilities. Jail for the youth. Jail for jail the youth. For you. At the age of 12, I had a friend who introduced me to alcohol and smoking marijuana, and it kind of escalated from there to us ditching school, and we did a burglary one day. And we did the burglary because we knew this guy sold marijuana. So we broke into the house to steal his weed and get any chunk change we could find, any money to spend on beer and gas for the getting around and stuff.
3: That guy, John, that guy was something else. At 12 years old, he was breaking the entry at
1: 12. Stealing people's drugs and money.
3: At 12 years old.
1: And then there's Bone.
3: Now, this guy Bone, now, this guy right here is a true storyteller.
2: I start going, man, right here, man. I start going, Jim. I... From 13, 12, 13, right around here. I remember my grandma told me, man, you are such an embarrassment. You've been to jail four times in one week. And everybody knows. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody knows.
1: Oh, I love that line. Everybody knows. (laughs) And everybody
3: knows. (laughs) By the way, guys, that was Cleese Sloan, a.k.a. Bone. He's also one of the producers on his documentary. Just want to give him a special uh, shout-out as well
1: going to take this time every week uh, to shout out to the listeners, give you a chance to comment and read some of your comments here. So if you're listening, scroll down and leave us a comment. We'll read them next week. Also, uh, hit that subscribe button. It's very important to make sure that you're up to date on what's going on with us. I want to take a chance right now or time right now to thank our sponsors, GrindNet Media. Uh, they will be releasing Gang the to Godlight in November, so we'll keep you informed on that. I'd also like to thank recording artist Man and my son Aaron Ford for their clips before the intro, and filmmaker Clee Sloan for the clips he allowed us to borrow from his film, The Bastards of the Party. Last but not least, we want to thank you for listening. It's very important to us that you hit that subscribe button so we can keep you informed. Uh, tell your friends, tell your enemies, because this podcast is all about forgiveness. And we'll be right back.
2: all his life so I kind of knew
0: that style you know so I got into uh, manufacturing since I was a baby I was involved in the neighborhood because once you around here once you grew up as a baby they already that's a little such and such that's a little such and such and what I was fed because I was in them projects and I was running with niggas that was already the dangerous niggas around is it's by where we grew up at anyway and why so I'm somewhere and they go where you live at if they, you say you live from you live in Negusin Garden, they know you you, you from Bonnie Ann's. You say you live in Jordan Downs, they know you a Gray Street. They say you live in Hacienda, they know you a Bonnie Hunter. you Say you live in Imperial Court, they know you a P.J. Clinton, whatever it is. You know what I mean? So it was already um, um, embedded in some of our minds. Like I, you know, everything is like if you hear it enough, you believe it. You, feel like you see
3: it enough, you think it's true. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, Keith, that that is so true, man. Where you were raised, where you were born, it kind of puts you in, in in that category. Like I have family members that are from South Central LA that are from Crips right and then also have family members that are also from South Central LA, but are bloods yeah. so can you imagine coming to grandmother's house for Thanksgiving you got the Crips on one side and you got the bloods on the on other side but we're all family members right and we all have to sit at the same table at grandmother's house and have Thanksgiving dinner isn't that something yeah, we had a
1: similar dynamic in our family. It wasn't uh, wasn't that intense, but really amazing to see the kind of effect that it has on families and the kind of programming that you have just based on where you grew up at or where you're from. That you're already involved in something that you may never be involved in. Your entire life,
3: right? That's it's like you ever seen that movie? It's a, a, a great movie with Robert De Niro and Chas uh, P- Pominair, if I'm saying his, his name right. About this beautiful little black girl and fell in love with the Italian kid. Yeah, what's that called? Um, uh, it, it, it's the door. The door uh, lock.
1: Unlock, unlock the door.
3: Yeah, she unlocked it, it, the door. Did she unlock the door for you. That's how you know if, if she's a keeper. If she unlocks the door yeah, for yeah. you when you let her in, You're right? Oh, the Bronx Tale. tale the Bronx, Bronx Tale. Bronx right. Tale. West
1: Side Story. West Side Story. Same that,
3: thing. A great another. Great Great movie, absolutely. I like that. Just don't go into the wrong hood.
2: If you wasn't from at this Park, it would be hell to pay. When I was, when I was coming, I would get on that beach cruiser and I would ride that perimeter. Everybody, these dudes all—they'd oh, be laughing about it today. But I was just obsessed with. I'm gonna catch me one too, like they caught me. I would be happy until I caught me somebody in at this Park that didn't belong there. And if I caught you, it was gonna be hell to pay. And that's how I started kind of getting, getting kind of famous around here. You know what I mean? Pulling up on cars, you know, on a beach cruise. Like, where you from? I'm talking about grown men. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And if you was too big for me, I was gonna shoot you. You know what I mean? If you was my age or whatever, too, I was gonna shoot you. You know what I mean? If I didn't have my gun, I was gonna try to get a homage. Because this is how you was gonna do me. I was sure if you caught me over there. You know what I mean? So even leaving the neighborhood, that's why so many brothers don't, you know, to this day, you know, they get a little rattled. They, you know, you can be with a homie, and he's a different person outside his neighborhood. You know what I mean? Because that's how we started growing up, in the boundaries of your hood. You know
3: what I mean? The, the hood affects so many things, even the, the education. You know, uh, going to the wrong school in, the, in your neighborhood can affect your, your education. Listen to this this next guy. This is Lowe from the Bounty Hunters. Listen to what he has to say about education.
0: I'm, I graduated from Walker Junior High School, and I was supposed to go to Jordan but Jordan High School was full of grape streets. If you gang bang, you're gonna have to go to a school where your gang is the majority or you' gonna happen to you. What was high school like? Man, yeah. well, one of us couldn't tell you that if not one of us graduated. <laughs> I'll tell you like this. I graduated I graduated from Fred C. Nellis Boys, School for Boys, Fred C. Nellis School for Boys, which was a, 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 a YA, which is a, a, another juvenile, but almost adult, about to be in the tenitentiary next step. There's
2: a lot of things that happen uh, that you're experiencing as, as a young man at 12 years old, whether it's uh, the drugs or the gangs or just a lot of different other things that, that, that come at you at such a young age where you have to, you know, uh, make decisions. And um, as a result, I, I, I broke under pressure, so to speak. I hear folks say that they was a... Uh into game they had no choice but I did I did this because I wanted to do this you know you look around you see mama she she got two jobs she worked at the elementary school I went to and she did paper made and then she was on the county but I wanted my mom so when I did look out the window and I, and I saw these El Caminos with da on and I, I needed that. Because Mama wasn't there, so I chose this life. It, I wasn't forced into it. I, I done
1: because I wanted to do it. That you know, that fast life, and that fast money, and it, it just draws you in, and and it, it, it's 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 destructive.
3: That's right, man. It, it's the glamour, man. People really want to be part of that. That look at me. I'm a glam. It's just that glamour, you know.
1: And and attention.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely attention. You know, that's probably the the one of the biggest is, is the attention.
1: Especially with the kids, they just crave attention. I raised three kids, I have three grown kids. And I tell you, if you don't give them attention, somebody else will. You got to give them attention twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week.
3: Oh, absolutely. Because if you don't give them attention, the neighborhood, the hood is going to give them attention. Absolutely.
2: The kids at that age, you know, you start, you start, uh, you start losing your, your, your family, your, you know, the love. You know, you want that little respect. You want the attention. You lose that attention. You know. So by, by being in a gang, you got that attention. And you got that structure, you got, you got those rules, you know, that you're set by. And those rules, and the way things went, are the things that, that, that you liked. You know, it was all, all trouble. You know, it was all, every, everything was corrupted. And, and if you didn't have that in your family before, you found it there. The, the, the older homies were already in their 20s. So I guess they were recruiting. You know, they were checking us out. And they, you know, they, they were the ones that jumped us, the older guys jumped us in. Gangsterism, Choloism was more predominant in my neighborhood in, in North Hollywood. So that thus came people getting jumped in left and right. But I felt that I wanted to belong to them. To, you know, these are friends that I grew up with in, in elementary school and junior high. So they were like my brothers. Like your you brothers. They were my, my family. I embraced them as my family, you know. And yes. so when they jumped me, I, I it was okay to take that pain because it was worth it to me. I became one of them.
1: Man, the similarities between the gangs—it was—it was mind-boggling. From from gang to gang, uh, race to race, it, it didn't make any difference.
3: Oh yeah, and like the second guy I just talked—that was MC Boulevard. Yeah,
1: famous rapper. Right, MC Boulevard.
3: And, and, and MC Boulevard—he's he's a, a Mexican guy, and when he talks about getting jumped in, isn't that—that's like one of the the ultimate. Uh, oh yeah. sacrifices. You know, you're getting I, jumped into the yeah. gang, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's
3: how you get in it. And the first one that talked Keith, I don't know if you, do you remember that first yeah, guy? I remember Sean. Oh, now Sean this guy's a straight, white Nazi skinhead. I mean this guy was like...
1: Tatted from head to toe swastikas all over his body.
3: I mean that was the first time when the guy took his shirt off and I saw that swastika, I was like, oh this is real.
1: Yeah, it, it, was, in, it was intimidating. It just goes to show you, it doesn't matter whether you're Asian, white, Mexican or black.
0: And we walked, you had to walk through a crib line with a Big Tookie, Jamel, Archo, Big hat, Salty. And then you walk through a line through a line and get it court in. And then you get the ears, Peter's. Then I got the two little tattoos side on my back on
2: two C's, Compton. Compton was I'm not gonna say it was it wasn't real real bad. But going from Compton to L.A.,
3: in the heart of just gangbanging, when it was at its peak, it had just kicked off, it was crazy, man.
0: you wanted to be out there, you could you could be two things. You can be a victim of what they're doing to people out here, or you can be a part of what they're doing to people out here. So you make your choice. Is you going to be a, okay, I go to school, we go my books and all that, and when you try to go walk to school, you're going to get your ass whooped. So you want to be with them niggas who whooping this nigga ass. And that's what makes them want to go, okay, I, and you can ask anybody, I'd rather be the nigga whooping ass than get my ass worked.
2: It's polarized. It's the quickest way to get some attention. It's, the, it's one of the biggest uh, uh, known organizations you can join overnight. You know what I mean? You can just make this decision overnight and become a gang member. And that's what what kids are actually doing. Overnight, some of them are making these decisions. You know, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. They look what's going on, they look what's on the what's getting the most attention out here? Well, it ain't really the A student, it's it's the the cat who's tatted up, it's the cat who's who's called, you know, who's so-called tough guy. He's getting the attention, he's getting, you know, the notoriety, you know what I mean? He's getting a lot, a lot of attention. So that's what kids, you know, want attention they want to be a part of something. It's the quickest you know, corporation you can join overnight to get some attention, you know what I mean? And that's why I think a lot of them get involved because it's so polarized right now. It's in the hip hop industry, it's in the films, it's in the movies, you know what I mean? Everybody in their mama now is across the country. It's banging, even outside this country. You know, I, mean, I travel all over, I, I, man, I've been from here to Prague. Yeah. And you know, that's the influence that it's had, the, you know, unfortunately the influence that it's had all across the world now. You know what I mean? And that's just, the, the, that's the part that really scares me. It's the
3: part that saddens me. Wow, Keith, that is such a profound statement right there when Bone says that's the part that scares him and saddens him. Because, you know, Bone is an OG. So, if that, man, if that bothers him, let me tell you, it just gets a little bit darker next week. This is what it is. You know, I, I grew up with some of the, the, the raw dogs, niggas. I was probably 12, running with niggas that was 17, 18.
1: And ain't none of them niggas, and I really mean this from the heart, about four or five of them out of probably 40 or 50 of them is on the streets today. Thank you all for hanging out with us tonight. Our first ever uh, podcast is the, the G2G podcast. Thanks, Vince, for partnering with me on this thing. Has brought us full circle on a documentary that's really uh, important to get this information out in the ether. So please hit the subscribe button, tell your friends, tell your enemies, because this podcast is all about forgiveness. We'll see you next week.